What up, what up, what up, what up? TJ Two Braids. I want to welcome you to Five Minutes of Hope. I apologize that we missed yesterday's podcast. I was extremely busy, didn't have time to record it. But the good news is we're back today. And I believe it's like 45 degrees here in Minneapolis. I don't know where you're listening in from. And maybe 45 degrees is cold to you. But to us in Minnesota, it is a lovely day. March 1st is beautiful out. It truly is. And I'm just thankful for today. And if you're listening, you should be thankful for today too. Because God woke you up, gave you breath in your lungs. And for the most part, we're all alive and well. So, grace and peace to you guys. Today, we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God briefly. Um, and why is the kingdom of God attractive? What attracts us to the kingdom of God? Why are people like myself willing to devote our entire life, finances, resources, time, hobbies, family to living in the kingdom of God, serving in the kingdom of God, being a part of the kingdom of God, building the kingdom of God, especially seeing as you can't really see the kingdom of God. It's not a physical place. Um, you can't always reap the rewards of being in the kingdom of God when you want to, how you want to. Um, and many times it's confusing because the kingdom of God is here Yet at the same time, it's still to come. And the majority of the world would rather build their name now, build their brand now, accumulate wealth and resources and security now. Um, and it seems more beneficial. And a lot of times you might follow the Lord and you might think, it doesn't seem like I benefit the way the world does. And maybe you're confused about that or you have your doubts and whatnot. But today we're going to we're just going to talk about the kingdom of God. And I'm going to mention a passage, a parable in the Bible out of the book of Matthew chapter 20. Um, I'm not going to read it, but if you want, you can read Matthew chapter 20. I'm just basically going to paraphrase and sum up the story. So here we go. So I'm breaking down this parable. It's basically a story about workers. They go out and work in the fields or wherever they're working. And the person who's getting these workers is saying, you're all going to get paid one denarii, denarii, however you say it. You're going to get paid this wage for your days of work and then for your day of work. And then he goes into the city or the town or the village and he finds more workers. And throughout the day, he keeps adding workers to the work. And at the end of the day, regardless of if you worked, let's say we're paraphrasing, you worked a, you know, eight hour shift. Another person comes in, they worked a seven hour shift. Another person comes in, they worked a six hour shift. Another person comes in, they worked a five hour shift all the way down to one person came and they only worked for an hour. And when it's time to be compensated, the master gives all the servants the same amount of pay. And people really ain't down with that, you know. Imagine I put an eight hour shift in and one guy only puts one hour work and we're both getting compensated the same. And, you know, our emotions get into the mix and we really ain't feeling that. And we're mad about it because we've been busting our butt while this person came in for only an hour 
and you know got the same pay and and basically that's what the kingdom of god is like the kingdom of god is is basically that fact that the first shall be last the last shall be first everyone's all on equal playing ground and nobody's better than anyone else you can look at people like john the baptist where jesus said he's the greatest prophet to ever live and then at the same time he says but even the least of those in the kingdom of god are greater than him it's a paradox so it's like how can he be the greatest prophet to ever live and at the same time the least in the kingdom of god is greater than he that don't make any sense right it's because it's the same thing you know the first shall be last and the last shall be first the world tells us if you're in first you're you're the best you're better than everyone else you're the hardest worker you're the most talented you got the job done fastest and then the kingdom of god is well at the same time the last shall be first and the first shall be last it's a paradox it doesn't make any sense and we don't know what the heck's going on so And this is the reason, it doesn't sound like it, but I'm going to break it down for you. This is the reason why the kingdom of God is attractive to the soul of mankind. It's because in the kingdom of God, killers truly get a second chance. You look at people like the Apostle Paul, who persecuted the church, who was there when Stevite was, Stephen was martyred and killed. Um, you look at other people like men of faith who killed people, Moses, David. They all got true second chances. Whereas in today's society, in the world, in the kingdom of man, you kill somebody, even if you serve your time and get out, that's always on your record. You're not going to get hired. You're, there's places that ain't going to want you to live there, so on and so forth. You really don't get a second chance. You really don't get a chance at redemption. The reason the kingdom of God is attractive is because even thieves have the opportunity to work and have the opportunity to showcase their skills and i'll give you a life example i used to be a thief i used to steal from people strangers i used to steal from loved ones i used to break into people's houses cars do whatever i could take to support the lifestyle i was living yet here i am now crime free for years i make good pay i went on to college i got a degree i don't have to steal I've got a true second chance. I've truly been redeemed because of the work that Jesus has done in my life. The kingdom of God is attractive because bums and the homeless and the low or the lower class citizens of society, they are welcome to the banquet table in the kingdom of God. When there's a feast in the kingdom of God, all are welcome. In fact, there's another parable where it says, go out into the streets and invite everyone into this banquet. But when you think of a banquet in the kingdom of man, you got to have a tuxedo. You got to have a dinner dress on, high heels, suit and tie. You got to have valet parking. You got to be on the wait list, on the guest list. In the kingdom of God, any and all are welcome to the banquet table. And mankind doesn't welcome any and all to their banquet table. But the kingdom of God does. The reason the kingdom of God is more attractive is because Jesus met with prostitutes and sinners. And he even protected the woman who was caught in adultery, who they wanted to stone to death. Mankind likes to remind us of our flaws, of our failures, 
of our criminal history, of our moral failures. Yet the kingdom of God, there is true forgiveness, there's true redemption, and it can't compare. The world can't compare to it. And that right there is why the kingdom of God is more attractive than the kingdom of man. It's because you get true second chances. You get a true clear picture of redemption and you're able to move past your failures without it forever being held against you and everyone's on equal playing ground and nobody's better than anyone else and so i leave you guys with that today i pray that you would today walk in the kingdom of god and get out of the kingdom of man and the the the, the barriers that society places on us and walk in true freedom. So God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word that does not return void, but it goes out and it accomplishes all that it sets out to do. I pray that you would give us the freedom to walk in your kingdom, in true freedom, true forgiveness, true redemption. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Y'all be blessed, like this podcast, share it with your friends, and tune in tomorrow. Peace.